Let God transform your life as you listen to this inspiring sermon by Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb. In 1853, the United States of America hosted its first ever World's Fair. The organizers built a huge exhibition hall called the Crystal Palace. It was there that the latest and greatest inventions were displayed, and it was there that the world was changed forever. You see, way back in 1853, Nobody built a building taller than five stories high. The reason was there were no elevators and nobody wanted to walk all those stairs up to a taller building. So they capped buildings at about five stories and it was considered unfortunate if you were in the top floor because you had to climb all those stairs. And since no buildings were higher than five stories, as cities grew, they had to expand further and further away. But in 1853, a man named Elisha Otis devised a safety break which made elevators possible. And with Elisha Otis' invention, the modern-day elevator was born. There was only one problem. Elisha Otis believed in his invention. He was convinced that this would change construction and modern-day cities. He believed that his safety brake would make elevators safe and secure and that everyone could use them. But nobody else believed along with him. Elisha Otis went to builders and tried to sell them on his product, but no one was willing to take a risk. Elisha Otis had invented a world-changing machine called the elevator, But the elevator was stuck by people's unbelief. So Elisha Otis stepped out and acted upon his faith. He acted on his belief. At the World's Fair, he got an elevator platform and lifted it high above the floor of the Crystal Palace. As the crowd below watched, Elisha Otis ordered the man to cut the rope that was holding the elevated platform in place. As the men cut the rope, the elevator platform fell slightly. The crowd gasped, and then the elevator safety brake took hold, and the elevator and Elisha Otis were safe. And the world was changed forever. Today, it's estimated that more than 2 billion people ride on an Otis elevator every day. In fact, the world's tallest building, the Burj Khalifa in Dubai, has Otis elevators that ascend to the top. And it's all because Elisha Otis was willing to cut the rope and act in faith. Because one man acted on what he believed, the entire world has been elevated. We can all soar higher because his action of faith was visible to many people. There's a powerful lesson for all of us in the amazing true story of Elisha Otis and the invention of the modern-day elevator. See, when you've got faith, when you act in faith, it's an evidence of your faith. When you have true faith, it will be visible. When you have true faith... It will be seen by others and seen by God, and he will take you higher. That's the message in our sermon this morning, a sermon entitled The Action of Faith. We're going to see about a story of a man who showed his faith to Jesus, and because of that, he was rewarded with a miracle. But before we learn more, let's bow our heads and pray.
Almighty and everlasting Father, we thank you that we can come to you with confidence today, that there's no problem you can't solve, nothing you can't fix, nothing you cannot do. The word impossible is not in your vocabulary. We believe that, Lord. We see the evidence of it all around us in the creation, in our own lives. But Father, I pray you take us the next step today. Take us deeper in our faith. Give us faith to soar as we learn to put our faith into practice. We submit ourselves to you now. We bind every voice of the devil that would come to deceive or disturb or distract us. And in the name of the Lord Jesus, I loose the power of the Holy Spirit, the power to enlighten our hearts and minds, the power to give us courage to step out in faith and cut the rope, the power, Lord, of your grace to act in faith. We thank you now in Jesus' name. And everybody said... I want to invite you to join your faith. Make it visible to others. Put your hand on your chest and pray after me. Lord Jesus, speak to my heart. Change my life. Manifest your glory in me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, good morning once again. Welcome to Agape House. It's great to have you here today. If you're joining us online, don't forget that a warm welcome always awakes you, whether online or in person. This is our third week in our sermon series, Faith to Soar. And I'm excited about the truths that God is teaching us. For you know, God spoke to me about this year and said, this is your year to soar. He's lifting us to new levels and ushering us into new realms. But for God's desire to come to pass, there's a part we have to play. We have to add our faith to God's vision so that we can achieve our destiny. And the fact is God's plan united with your faith will always bring breakthroughs. So how do we get the faith to soar? Well, one of the ways we do that is by listening to the Word of God. And that's why I want to encourage you at the end of service today, rush to the resource center in the courtyard, pick up the CDs or the pen drives on this sermon series, and listen to them over and over again, because that will build your faith. The Bible says faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. But don't just listen to the Word. You've got to also put it into practice. See, God hasn't just called us to hear his word. He's called us to obey it as well. And that's why today's message on the action of faith is so important. Now, to help us learn the truth for today, we printed sermon notes. They look like this. They're inside your bulletin. So go ahead and take them out now and follow along with me as we discover three stages for the action of faith. If you're online, you can download the notes free of charge every week from our website and from our social media pages. They're at the top of your notes and on the screen ahead of you is our scripture text for today found in James chapter 2 18 to 20. I believe God's word has power when it's in our mouth and in our hearts so I want to invite everybody in the balcony in the back let's read this out loud read it like you mean it read it with faith are you ready here we go three two one go show me your faith without doing anything and I will show you my faith by what I do faith that does nothing is worth nothing Turn to your neighbor and say the last sentence together with me again. Faith that does nothing is worth nothing. May the Lord bless the reading of his word to your heart today in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. It's great to have faith. All through this series, we've been seeing the value and the importance of faith. Last week, we learned about the vision of faith, that faith is seeing what God sees. But here we get the next step in building our faith to soar. You don't need to just listen to the word. You can't just see what God sees. The Bible makes it plain. You've got to do what 
God says. And that's the truth we're going to discover in a story found in Mark chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. In this story, there's a man and his four friends that went beyond listening to the Word of God. They went beyond seeing a vision of what God wanted to do, and they acted on their faith. And if we will follow their example, we're going to get their results. Let me read the story to you. Mark 2, 1 to 12. When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus, seeing their faith. Everybody say, seeing their faith. Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. Then he turned to the man and said, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat and walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, We've never seen anything like this before. Read that line together with me. Here we go. We've never seen anything like this before. I don't know about you, but I love this story. I could preach on it for a whole month of Sundays because in this story, we see the goodness of God. Jesus loves people. Jesus wants to heal people. Jesus wants to change their status. And not only that, we see the faith of these men. We see it in action. We see that they put action to their expectation and they receive their miracle. And their faith is an example to all of us. If we follow their actions, we will get their results. So let's discover the three stages to the action of faith. And here's your first stage today, expectation. Everybody say expectation. You see, our story begins in verses 1 and 3 with this. When Jesus returned, the news spread quickly. Verse 3, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. So here's what happened. Jesus had been out on a ministry tour. He was preaching the gospel. He was helping the poor. He was healing the sick. He was raising the dead and casting out devils and doing all kinds of miracles. And the name of Jesus was spreading everywhere. He went viral on Twitter. Amen. And when he came back home, the news spread through the town. The whole town was a buzz. It was a hot topic. And four men heard about it. They'd heard what Jesus could do. And they thought of their paralyzed friend. They said, let's go and meet Jesus. You see, their faith prompted them to do something about their need. They decided to act. And here's the first truth we need to understand. The evidence of your faith begins with expectation. Expectation Expectation came to them that they would meet Jesus. Expectation came that they would be healed. And because they had expectation, they acted. See, when you expect something good, you will act. And the first action of expectation is simply to show up. We know these men had expectation because they showed up. And that's how it is for all of us. If you're expecting something good to happen, the first thing you have to do is show up. You may never know what God will do, but you won't discover it unless you show up. No prayers were ever answered that were not prayed. No offering was ever blessed that wasn't given. No witness was ever received that wasn't spoken. No anointing came upon a man of God who did not show up. Your faith may be small, but all you have to do is something everybody can do. You can show up. After all, this man was crippled, but he still 
showed up. Because expectation will always make you show up. Many years ago, I got a call from a friend of mine. He was a rich Christian businessman. He called me and said, Richard, I want to give you a seed offering. Because he was a Christian, because he was rich, I had expectation. And so I showed up. Yes, sir, here I am. My wife said she would marry me on November 20th, 1982 at the Assemblies of God Church in Novato, California, USA. And because I knew she loved me and I knew she wanted to marry me, I showed up, and I was Shoto. Thank God she showed up too, and the rest is history, because expectation will always make you show up. Expectation is the first stage of the action of faith, and expectation makes you show up. That's why I want you to show up, because this Tuesday night, we're having intercessory prayer, and what you need to do is show up. On Wednesday, we're having life night. If you want God to transform you, you need to show up. On Friday, we have divine encounter where God is moving in miracle power, and you need to show up. You may not have much faith, but if you will show up, God will show up, and the rest is history. We're hosting Salvation Weekend next weekend with evangelist Per Hildegard from Denmark, who's seeing signs and wonders in his ministry, and you need to show up and bring somebody. Tell your neighbor, show up. For the fact is, you won't get a miracle if you don't show up. I showed up today because I'm expecting God to move. I sense the power of God at Agape House. I'm expecting about what God is doing this year. I hear God telling me that he's going to take us to a new level and enter new realms. And because I have expectation, I showed up. I'm here today because I expect something from God. And that's what David says in Psalm 62. My soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He's my defense. I shall not be moved. And I've got expectation because my God is able. I've got expectation because my God is good. I've got expectation because my God is my rock and my tower and my fortress and his promises never fail. I've got expectation so I showed up. Somebody say I showed up. But you see, when you believe in God, the first thing is you will expect and you will show up. That's why Peter says in 1 Peter 1.3, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy. Somebody say mercy. It's by his great mercy that we've been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. We live with great expectation because God is merciful. We live with great expectation because God is powerful. He raised Jesus from the dead. We live with great expectation because of who he is and what he does. In fact, the Bible commands us that we should have even more expectation. 2 Corinthians 3, 8 and 9 says, shouldn't we expect, shouldn't we expect, shouldn't we expect far greater glory under the new way now that the Holy Spirit is giving life? If the old way, which brings condemnation, was glorious, how much more glorious is the new way, which makes us right with God? If the old law that condemned people to death for a sin could make a glorious appearance, how much more the new law that brings forgiveness? If the old way with animal sacrifices could bring men to God. How much more the new way with the sacrifice of the blood of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. If the old was glorious, how much more glorious is the new way? We should have a greater expectation. So I declare to you today, let the omnipotence of God be the measure of your expectation. Hallelujah. 
And when you have great expectation, you'll show up. For true expectation is more than wishful thinking. It's more than hoping. It's more than a dream. True expectation reaches to the goal. True faith acts. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you today. The action of faith begins before the outcome of faith is seen. Many years ago, when I was serving in Nigeria, I went to visit our Agape Church in the village of Elume. We'd sent a fiery young pastor, Pastor Friday, to handle the Agape Church in Elume, and I'd heard great things were happening, so I went to see for myself. When I got there, Pastor Friday took me around the village. He pointed to different people's houses and said, that lady got saved, that man got healed. Then we ended up in the Agape Church, and he said, Reverend, I'm so excited. Every Sunday, every seat is full. That place is packed. God is moving. I said, that's powerful, Pastor Friday. Let me ask you a question. Are you praying for more souls to be saved in Elume? He said, oh, daddy. He said, I'm praying that every single soul in this village will come to Christ. Everyone. I looked at him. I said, pastor, God will not answer your prayer. He said, what? Daddy, don't say that. What do you mean? Please don't say that. What's happening? I said, God will not answer your prayer because didn't you tell me on Sunday every seat is full? Didn't you tell me everywhere is packed? If God answers your prayer, where will you put the people? You've got to make room for God to move. Because the action of faith begins before the outcome of faith is seen. Some years ago, some swag young guy from UG or somewhere came to me after service said, Reverend, pray for me. I said, what do you need? He said, I need a wife. I started to say, kneel down and pray, but the Holy Spirit stopped me. Hey, the Holy Spirit said, ask him a question. When I heard the question, I was like, oh, God, really? Why? But I had to obey God, so I asked him. I said, uh, before I pray for you, let me ask you a question. Uh, please, what, what, um, Jesus, what type of, um, okay, what type of bed do you have? The guy looked at me and said, what? I said, what type of bed do you have? He said, I have a single bed. I said, I'm not praying for you. <laughs> Holy Spirit said, go and build a king-size bed and come back for a prayer. Because the action of faith begins before the outcome of faith is seen. And all the bachelors said, Amen. If you want to walk on water, you've got to get out of the boat. If you want to cross the Red Sea on dry ground, you've got to get to the shoreline. If you want Jesus to touch you, you've got to get to the place where Jesus can touch you. Faith acts before mountains move. You can't wait for the manifestation before you give God your action. You can't enjoy the harvest when you've never sown the seed. Walking by faith starts with a step from you, not a push from God. So what's the first step you need to take today to display your expectation? There may be a thousand steps between you and your goal, but today there is one step God wants you to take. And when you do, he'll move in power. The problem for some of us is we're calling on God. We're begging God, do something, do something. And God is in heaven saying, you, you do something. We want God to do something. He wants us to do something. Sometimes you have to stop praying and start acting. 
That's what we can learn from Moses. Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt and out of slavery and bondage. But as they were going out, the Egyptian army came after them with chariots and swords and whips. And suddenly the people of Israel came to the shore of the Red Sea and they cried out, God, help us. They looked behind and saw the Egyptians. They looked ahead and saw the water and began to cry to God. But God said, stop praying, start moving. In Exodus 14, 15, the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. Turn your notes over to page two and understand that Jesus was saying, stop praying. You don't need to call upon me. Your miracle is already promised. Your outcome is already guaranteed. Give me your response. Moses said, but I'm here at the water's edge. And God said, lift up your staff. And when Moses lifted his staff, the waters parted. And as the people walked, the land became dry. And God moved in deliverance and brought them through because they acted in faith. I believe today God wants you to act in faith. He doesn't want you to delay or procrastinate. See, some of us are fond of saying, well, one of these days, but one of these days becomes none of these days. That's why Ecclesiastes 11.4 says, if you wait for perfect weather, you will never plant your seeds. If you're afraid that every cloud will bring rain, you will never harvest your crops. Many of us need to start acting in faith. You need to do what you can with what you have, where you are, so that God can do a miracle. I'll be honest with you. Some of you need to start giving faithfully. Stop praying for a blessing and start sowing the seed because God's word says when you give, you will be blessed. Some of you need to stop chasing the prophets and the pastors to give you a blessing. Start acting in obedience. You don't need anybody to pray over you. You will be blessed. Some of you need to start praying. Instead of whining and crying, start asking God in faith. Come to prayer meeting on Tuesday and on Friday for nothing's going to change until you do. Start expecting and determined to do what you can. That brings us to our second stage of the action of faith, determination. Everybody say determination. See, listen to what happens here. This man and his friends took the first step. They had expectations, so they came, they showed up. But when they got there, the Bible says the place was jam-packed. It's worse than our car park at this service. People were there, and they couldn't enter in. They met opposition, and their expectation came face-to-face with frustration because expectation starts the action of faith, but it's not the end of it. When you have expectation, you need to press in deeper and ask determination. Listen to what the Bible says about these friends in verse 4. They could not bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Hey! Somebody say, hey! They came and met opposition, and they could have gone back home. It would have been easy to go back home. Nobody would have blamed them. But somebody said, we've got to keep going. The shut door is not the end of the road. Go and bring a ladder. And they climbed up on the roof and carried their friend. They put him down, and they took shovels and picksack, and they started breaking through the roof. The dust was flying. The tiles were removed. But they added determination to their expectations. They believed, and they took it 
it further and acted. And that's how it is for many of us on the journey of faith. You can't be laid back because of a door that's closed. You can't say there's obstacles in front of me. You can't make excuses. You've got to go deeper into Jesus because Jesus is calling you closer to himself so that you can soar. The problem with many of us is we're stuck outside with the crowd. The only Jesus we know is the Jesus we see from afar. The only voice we hear from God is the voice we hear from the distant. We're content to be stuck in the crowd outside, but God wants you to get determined and go in deeper. It's great that you're here in this great crowd at Agape House, but this is not enough. The presence of God is here, but you've got to press in. God wants to take you on his lap. He wants to whisper in your ear. He wants your head against his chest to feel the beating of his heart. And when your expectation meets frustration, you need determination. See, when you have faith, you can be sure that your faith will be tested. You will meet storms. You will meet people who don't agree. You'll meet critics. And sometimes God allows that opposition to test you if you're serious. Because all faith will be tested. That's what Jesus said to those he called in Luke 9. Listen to his words. He said to another person, come, follow me. The man agreed, but he said, Lord, first let me return home and bury my father. But Jesus told him, let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. Another said, yes, Lord, I will follow you, but first let me say bye-bye to my family. But Jesus told him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. And that's how it is for all of us. You have to pass the test. You have to overcome the opposition. See, when they got to the house, they couldn't enter, but they refused to be deterred. They had a commitment to go all in. And when they got on the roof and started to break it, there was no turning back. And just like them, the Holy Spirit says to you right now, you have come too far to turn back now. You've got to keep pressing. You've got to keep determined. You've got to get through that closed door for it's only a temporary setback. And God will turn your setback into a comeback. That's the lesson we can learn from the American basketball legend, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is probably one of the greatest guys who ever played basketball. During his career, he scored 32,292 points. He earned six NBA championship rings, made five NBA NBA MVP titles, and made 14 All-Star Game appearances. He's by acclamation the greatest player, or at least one of the top players ever to play. But before he became famous, Michael Jordan had to become determined. See, way back in 1978, Michael Jordan was just another kid in school playing basketball. He wasn't all that tall and wasn't all that good at dunking the ball. But he tried out for the varsity team at his senior high school did his best, and he had the expectation that he would get selected for the team. The coach later in the week posted a list on the locker room door of all the boys that were made on the team, and Michael Jordan went with excitement to look for his name, but when he read the list, his name was not there. Listen to what he said. It was embarrassing not making the team. So he went home, closed the door to his room, and cried. But then Michael Jordan picked himself up and decided to add determination to his expectation. Listen to his words. Whenever I was working out and got tired and figured I ought to stop, I'd close my eyes 
and see that list on the locker room door without my name on it. That usually got me going again. Before long, Jordan was making an impact. He got accepted to the school team and then to the university team and then on the NBA and became one of the greatest players ever because God can take your tombstone and make it a stepping stone. God can take you higher than you ever imagined, but you've got to give him your determination. See, there's nothing too hard for God, no problem he can't solve, nothing he can't fix, nothing he cannot do, but we've got to stay in faith. For the Bible says in Ephesians 6.13, stand your ground, and after you have done everything, just say you've done everything, after you have done everything, stand. So let me ask you a question today. Have you done Everything? Have you fasted? Have you given? Have you forgiven? Have you done everything you can do? Because when you do everything you can do, it opens the door for God to do everything he can do. Today I challenge you, build more benches. Knock down the walls and expand the border of your tent. Go and get a king-size bed. Tear out the roof. Make a way. For bold faith requires bold action. A lot of people never grow their faith beyond expectation. Well, I'm a-hoping. I'm a-hoping. I'm believing God. I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm trusting in God. I'm believing. I'm hoping. And they never move past that. They simply wait, but they don't persevere. It's good to dream about your solution, and it's good to hope and expect. It's good to believe, but unless you're willing to pay the price to implement the plans that will make your dream come to pass, you might be waiting the rest of your life. There may be a barrier in your path, but God wants to remove it. When he sees your faith in action, doors that were closed were open. The way that was blocked will be open, and God will come down and do miracles if you'll trust in his word. For faith continues to act when the outcome seems doubtful. See, Hebrews eleven six tells us when we come to God, we must believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And the fact is, God does not promise to reward a casual inquirer. God does not promise to reward somebody who comes casually and hopes without acting. God rewards the diligent who seek him. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you today. When faith meets fervency, miracles occur. See, when these men got through the roof and let their friend down, the Bible says Jesus saw their faith. And when he saw their faith, he responded. And that brings us to our third stage, participation. Everybody say participation. Say it louder, participation. Mark 2.12, our story ends like this. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stunned onlookers. Listen to what happens here. He carried out what carried him in. He walked through the door that was closed. He walked through the opposing people and the critics, and in their midst, he walked out with his miracle. God did something great for him. Miracle power was released. God did something great in his life, and not only was he healed, his whole life was turned around. But here's what we need to remember. Even in the presence of miracle power, even in the presence of the miracle worker, the man had to participate. He had to get up. He had to take his mat. He had to do what he could do to receive the miracle power. 
And in order for that to happen, you have to participate. To participate in God's power, you have to do what God says. For the fact is, faith and obedience go hand in hand. James 1.22 says, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. Tell your neighbor he's talking about you. Many years ago, when we lived at Chaba by Radiant Way School near Malam Junction, one Christmas I decided to buy my son a bicycle. Now, of course, the bicycle was new, and it happened to come in a box. It had to be assembled, but I didn't think that was any problem. On Christmas morning, he got up, and I gave him this big box with the bicycle, and he was so excited. He had great expectation. Then he opened the box and pulled out the seat and the wheel, the handlebar, and all, all the different gears and everything, and then the expectation began to diminish because he looked at me, and he looked at the parts, and he started to shake his head. Anybody who knows me well knows that putting things together, no, um, not me. That's not a good job. I'm glad my wife is not here to say amen, amen. But I was, you know, the father of the house, the big man, the daddy. I said, no problem, son. I got this one covered. Fortunately, inside the box, there was a printed list of instructions, what to do, with even with pictures. But I said, I don't need that. I'm a degree holder. Come on, how hard can it be to put a bicycle together? Oh, boy. I put the instructions aside, and I started to assemble the bicycle, but I somehow got the seat behind the wheel and the handlebars underneath the gear, and it was a mess. After a couple hours, I was frustrated, and he was disappointed. So I went and picked up the instructions and read them carefully and followed them step by step, and lo and behold, we put the bicycle together, and he rode it with great joy. But you know, a lot of us as Christians, that's how we act in life. We ignore the written instruction. You say, I've got this, no problem. I'm believing. I'm, I'm excited. I can see. I can see what's going to be here. I, I've got a vision. But we ignore the word of God. We've got to pay attention to what God says. We've got to hear it and do it. For true faith is seen in your actions. That's why Romans 16, 26 says this. God commands that people all around the world, in every country, will have faith in Christ and obey him. So let me ask you today, what has God called you to do? Where do you need to obey him today? For if you'll step out in faith and meet determination with expectation, if you'll participate with God's word, you'll see faith that will lift you higher. For when faith acts, the outcome is guaranteed. When Christ touches you, what was impossible becomes possible. When Christ's power comes in, the closed doors are open. When Christ comes into your heart and life, the way that was blocked becomes open. When Christ comes, you'll carry out what carried you in. When Jesus comes, you will silence your critics and they will have nothing to do but to praise God when you act in faith. I see miracles coming your way. I see financial provision coming your way. I see open doors and promotions. I see contracts and visas. I see admission letters. I see marriages and homes and families. I see children coming. I see growth in your business and growth in your family and growth in your giftings and growth in your life. I see today an army of people rising to act in faith, faith to soar. And it begins with expectation. There's nothing God can't do. He's good. He's kind. He's powerful. But don't just limit it to expectation. Join determination. Say, I will not give up every door that's closed. I will keep pressing through. For remember, 
Faith acts before the outcome is seen. And then participate. Do what God says. Look into his word and obey it. Show up and obey God. When you do that, you'll have the action of faith and you'll possess the faith to soar. For Jesus said in Matthew 17, 20, Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. The hope of God bless you for listening to this message. Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb is the senior pastor of Agape House, New Testament Church in East Avon. If you are ever in Accra, we would like you to worship with us on Saturday night at 6 p.m. or on Sunday at 7.30, 9.30 or 11.30 a.m. You will have an awesome experience. We're heroes and God.